Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff, and I'm here with Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt, who are we with today? Yeah, we are um, we are honored once again. If you were listening a couple weeks ago, we had a chance to have Cliff's parents, Clifford Gibbons Woodward the Fourth, and Sally Woodward. Yep. <laughs> no, he's the fourth though, right? Yes. And uh, so his dad, the fourth, Cliff is the fifth, if people didn't know that. And uh, Sally Woodward, they're both here, Cliff's parents, um, spending time with us to talk not only about Cliff as a teenager, because if we're going to talk about parenting teens, you need to remember that we as the hosts of this are, have been teens. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but then what's been great is they've been also sharing their insight of what it's been like being parents, um, raising teenagers, um, Cliff and his sister, Morgan. And so, uh, so yeah, we're really thankful to have you guys here. Absolutely. Um, the Thank last you. episode went so well. And if you didn't get a chance to listen, we encourage you that are listening to go back one yeah. and just listen to the one right before this. It was a good and, one. And so, um, we're going to start just going right, um, for the jugular, on yeah. this one, which is what's the stupidest thing that Cliff ever did as a teenager? Oh man, here's the question. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> like this is that chance to like embarrass him. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, you can say whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, mom. Well, I, I can think of one as an adult, but I'm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk specifically teenage years. <laughs> Well, that was only your skydiving. That was what I was oh, going to say. Oh, I went skydiving. Yes, that was not. You did not like I that. I didn't like that. Um, but as a teenager, I think I think the silliest things was he, I, I think he felt he always had to have a girlfriend, which he did, which I don't She's know that wrong. that was necessarily smart. And he started that at like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it was sixth grade. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. So, uh, so I think those that was probably. On the bus back uh, from sixth grade yeah. camp. Yep. Yep. Oh, summer so, camp romance. That makes more sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. So I I think that I don't know, maybe you have a better I story. Did, I wish I had a better story too, but mainly I think it was just his hair. He just had the wackiest <laughs> hair. And no matter what you did, he, you could just not touch his hair. And he just was and uh people would say, Dude, you gotta do something with that. I like my hair, man. Is that what I sounded like? That's pretty much what you sounded like. <laughs> he had that low voice, you know, he he his voice cracked early in life. So he had it by the time he was, a, you know, a teenager, or he was, he was already had it going. Well, down, you were so. teaching me how to shave at sixth grade, weren't you? He pretty much was shaving early too. But, yeah, yeah. But he he just did, he just was a pretty average, normal dude growing up, and but the hair was a big thing for him. Yeah. I did ask pictures, his sister. Ask to see pictures. <laughs> I did ask his sister if she knew of anything he did stupid, and she came back to me about forty five minutes later, and she said, "You know, Mom, I got nothing. He's not really a risk taker, so." She said, no, I, I don't have a story either. So I think you'd have to probably talk to his friends. Yeah, maybe. They could probably tell you a ton of them. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And again, those might all even be in the last like six to eight years. Yeah. And, uh, Apparently I was more stupid as an adult than I was as a teenager. So let's, let's, let's turn it and let's talk about what made you the most, what made you the proudest of Cliff during high school and and his teen years. And that's, I know that's a hard one. It's, it's a special one as a parent to go, wow, there's so much. Well, I, you want to go for, I would say that he was a leader and not so much a follower. He did get um, kids to follow him and what he did and what he believed in. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, you're either a follower or you're a leader when you're, you're a teenager. True. Some adults are that way. And he just always seemed to lead his friends into good things. And um, 
that was just made us super proud. I mean, okay. he was always, he was never the perfect kid or nobody's perfect in that, but he just was always, hey guys, let's go do this or let's not do that or what do you think about doing this? And that's why he had, he would have kids over our house because that was the place to hang and he was proud, I guess, of us. We weren't that bad because he was inviting his kids over, but the fact that he was a leader and he was leading them in a good way, that was just the best. Very proud. That's cool. I was always proud when he was on the worship teams. Those were the things that I loved. I loved to see him do that when he started the drum line at his school. I was very proud of that. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Um, all those. I was very proud to be his parent up at his high school. Um, he he did do awesome things that way. And I think Cliff definitely touched on it. And I think both of our kids were this way. They went the way they believed, right or wrong, and they weren't going to let anybody else sway them. And I think we were lucky there because not all parents can say that. And our kids, were, neither one were swayed by others. They believed what they believed, right or wrong, and they went down that path. And so I was proud of them in that way. But Cliff, um, when he graduated, so many people had so many wonderful things to say about him. And um, because he played in an adult world, because he played in a church he started drumming in junior high with all adults on a worship team. So it was, he was in an adult world and he handled it really well. Yeah. So I was very proud of him. Wow. Aww. Just blushing a little bit. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so actually, nice. I know that's really cool because he got a chance to go back to his high school and teach there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's a pretty huge honor to get a chance awesome. to, to go. Yeah. I spoke at the graduation last, what was that? Last year? That was last year. Last yeah. year, yeah. High school graduation. Yeah. He was the speech. commencement speaker. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. It was yeah. a cool opportunity for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, I'll do one more question and yeah. then I'm going to let Cliff do some as well. Yeah. Because, you know. We are his he parents. Wants to, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but that's the, what's the, what was the significance of church and youth group for both Cliff and Morgan? Because, you know, like he did, he was part of a church and, um, you know, lots of times when parents are especially overloaded with the busyness of the things their students are involved in and they know church is important. Um, but, but for you guys, what was the significance for them in terms of how they grew up, how they developed it was huge. Um, we chose to send our kids to a Christian school early on, um, even before I taught there. We decided and it was very to, expensive. Yes, <laughs> we we chose must, to make that sacrifice, right? Um, and Cliffy, he was always asked a lot. He finally came to us and he said, "All the kids in my sports team go to public school. Why don't I go there?" And we both said, "You could get a good education in our public school area. It is just as good as what you're getting now, but God's not there." So that was always important to us. I mean, God is there. He is in public school as well, but they couldn't talk about it. Yeah. And I wanted our children to be able, we both wanted our children to be able to talk about it. So that was always important to us. Now, our church where they went to um, school wasn't the same church as the church we went to. So Cliffy went to both youth groups of the church he grew up in and the church his school was in. The Morgan youth group wasn't as important to her, but the worship teams were. So that's where she got all the things she needed. And again, she was in an adult group. She was a singer, but she was part of that. And she got what a lot of kids get from youth group from that worship team and Mm. the adults that spoke into her. And so Mm. she got that kind of thing. Cliffy got it from worship team, but he also got it from the two different youth groups he went to. And that was his social life. All of those kids from the different places. He is still friends with the small little one because we went to a very small church He's still friends with some of those kids. In fact, he got to go back and preach at our church, and one of the girls um, was the assistant 
preacher with him, and, and they grew up together. So those were very significant. We wouldn't have changed, I think, anything. We would have the sacrifice to send our kids to that school was perfect because they got that involvement. And I, that's cool. Yeah. I don't think I could have raised my children without all that help mm, interesting. from pastors and teachers and all those other. I, you just can't. You can't do it alone. And you have to have a good friend set as adults, too, because their influence on your children is very important as well. They're going to see who your friends are and it's going to help them in some way decide who their friends are going to be. And so we always kind of had a community together. We had some family around us, not all our family, but we always tried to make family a big deal. But um, the most time your kids have is when they're not with you. So it's important that they're in the right group, the great, the best friend group that they can be. And being involved with their friends and their adult friends is, is just helps raise them as well. I mean, your parents are the lead raiser of the children, but other people raise them too. And I think the youth group is was a huge influence, positive influence on our children. Yeah. So, on on the topic of of youth group, I had a couple um, small group leaders and people in my life outside of you guys in high school. Um, think of you know Pastor Jason and a couple other people. How how are you? How did you view them in my life? We were really fortunate. The Pastor Jason he, he Cliffy uh, talks about was the worship minister in the church where he went to school at. And he was instrumental. Two people were instrumental in Cliffy's life. One was the music director, Jason, and the other one was his drum teacher, um, Les, who Cliffy started taking drums. He was six years old. I was beating down Les's door for two years before he took Cliffy in. He took Cliffy took drums from six until age 17. He I think never, I was 18. 18? Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> missed it by one. And, but Cliffy never, he always wanted to go to drum lessons. He never missed it. I mean, if you can imagine once a week for how many years is that? 11 years, 12 years. And Les taught him more than just how to play the drums. And Cliffy became very proficient and loved it. But he was always talking to him about life. And the same thing about Pastor Jason. He was always talking to him about life, not just how to sing and when to play and how to play and all that kind of thing. But it was it was their influences. I, I think them daily. And whenever I see him, especially, thank you for helping raise my son because you guys were there and they were there for him. It's like I always tried to be there as a father and Sally tried to be there as a mother. And so there are other influences in your children's life that you've got to pick the right people. And if it's not happening, then you need to make a change because the kids are going to develop what they see. They're, they're an example of their environment. Yeah, and, and as you, you're listening to this this episode right now as a parent, what what are those? who are those adults in your, in your teenager's life that – um, maybe you can encourage them to spend a little bit more time, um, whether it be a teacher. Um, my mom, my mom, as you heard last episode, was a math teacher, and she um, consistently had kids in her room, not because of math, but because of things that were going on in their lives, and they wanted to talk to her about it. So what what uh, adult in their life that you uh, can you encourage them to go spend more time with and talk to? Because I had that, and like my dad was just saying, uh, because of that, I was able to grow in so many different areas, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, teachers are huge. And I don't think, I think some teachers, especially, I, I taught in a private school, so I had a smaller environment. Um, I still had some classes with 25 kids, so it wasn't teeny, but, um, and I know some of the teachers, they've got 40 kids. It's really difficult to be able to relate to them all. But the open door policy, because I know for Morgan, um, she also had Pastor Jason, who was a mentor for her as well, but she had a senior teacher that really changed her changed her in a lot. He taught her economics and he, he 
taught her a lot more than economics. Mm. He really talked into her life. And I never was one to write notes or do little things. I wasn't, that wasn't me. But when she graduated, I wrote him a letter and I said, I don't think you realized how important and how much you changed my daughter's thinking Yeah, and, and really encouraged her to do the things she's ended up doing. And teachers are huge because if the kids aren't really involved in their church, maybe some, some don't, some don't go, then their teachers are the next best thing because that they spend more time with their teachers than they do their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those p- people have to be important and have to be in there for them. Yeah. And when parents feel like sometimes they don't have other people, like if they ever feel like they're alone in mm-hmm. parenting, mm-hmm. like I think that's where sometimes it's good to realize that, um, especially with church youth groups and such mm-hmm. and pastors and people in worship teams and stuff, there's adults that are that are investing and they actually are partnering with you. Sometimes you're not even aware because they're sometimes reasserting the same things you're right. saying as parents. That's yeah. one of the things that we we laugh about sometimes when we're talking with parents from youth ministry because, you know, a parent will say, I've told my son or daughter this like 20 times and then you say it and they're like, oh, that's so wild. You know? like, but, but it's that partnership and that's mm-hmm. why the benefit of of getting to know your, your son or daughter's teachers, coaches, mm-hmm. band leaders – Youth ministers, you know, because they're they're a team that works with you. Yeah, you got to be involved, and it's fun. And we really enjoyed raising our kids. I mean, to me, it was the best job I could have as a, as a father. And I have two great kids, and I'm just so blessed with that. But you got to be involved and have fun with them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super good, super good. Well, um, as as parents, you know, looking back over when Morgan and I were teenagers, what would you have done differently as a parent while we were teens? Well, I think. My dad was a military guy, his, and so he was very stern. His word was, boom, the word. We ate it when he got home from dinner. His slippers were there. We watched what he wanted to watch on TV. We went to bed when he said, go to bed. That did not work in our household. Um, <laughs> no, learned, it did not. I learned very often, okay, I am an advisor more than you know the stern disciplinarian that my father was. And so I had to temper that. When I would say things and my kids wouldn't do it, it, it became, I wanted to be more authoritarian. I, I think I should have gone the other way. He says, okay, if I say, okay, you're not going to bed until you're in mashed potatoes, um, and there's half the mashed potatoes left, you know, I remember I had to stay until the mashed potatoes were gone. I mean, I didn't have a choice. I had to alter that a little bit with my children, otherwise they wouldn't have got done what they needed to get done. And so I think it was, it was a learning experience. I mean, the kids do not come with an owner's manual. So you can't say if this happens, do that. You have to kind of figure it out on the fly. And I've never, I never raised teenagers before. I mean, you have a teenager, boom! Oh my like, gosh, how did this thing come into my house? It's being <laughs> from outer space. I mean, how do I deal with this thing? So it was just kind of learning on the go. And I, and I just think that I could have take, taken a softer approach and more of a partnership, raising my kids than authoritative. I got there, but I think there was a few years. Cliffy was probably the beneficiary because my daughter taught me that more than he did. But I think just as a parent, you kind of learn to. Find out what their hot buttons are and work with them to accomplish what you really want to be accomplished anyway. That's Mm. good. That's really good. I think the thing I would change more is, and again, um, when you, your oldest one, you learn a little bit. And so Morgan probably didn't get this as much. With Morgan, I don't think we got to know her friends quite well. We did. We knew her really close girlfriends, but the fringe friends we didn't know well enough 
And I think because she's even said that to me now, Mom, I can't believe you let me do that. And I'm thinking, I thought I was fairly strict with some of that stuff. But so I think and I think I learned. But again, you know, you learn it's it's trial and error. I remember somebody used to say, you know, everybody should get a training child. And then, you know, throw that one away and then do your other two. <laughs> but and, and that's really not fair to the oldest. But you do you do tend to learn a little bit. And and I we knew that friends were important, but sometimes we didn't quite understand them or I read them so totally wrong or that kind of thing. We could have done that better, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's so interesting that almost a lot of times when we ask this question in this podcast, friends always come up mm-hmm. and it's we never prompt our guests about that, but almost every single time it, it, it comes up with friends. It, it always comes back to social dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yet, Sally, what you were talking about is still such a real thing that like, it's hard to read people, mm-hmm. teens especially, but then it happens still in adulthood. People mm-hmm. are still trying to figure it out into their 50s, 60s, 70s that they're like, I think someone's like yeah. this. And then I see the real, but with teens, because there's development happening, you're like, right. I, mm. and, and then they act one way with adults and then other ways around mm-hmm. their friends. That's, yeah. Those are so, hard. That's so why I true. think youth groups is such a great thing. Cliffy was involved with two of them. Morgan was involved with one. And I just think that uh, the youth group effect, because they were kids, similar mind, they still had love for God, or at least they were interested in God, or maybe they didn't even care or believe in God, but they were with other kids at work. Yeah. And so they just had good friends come out of that situation yeah so back on what mom you, you were talking about briefly um what's the difference between raising a teenage daughter and a teenage son because obviously morgan was the oldest so there's mm-hmm. that aspect of it but what's the difference between a teenage son and a teenage daughter well and it's you worry about a girl more right wrong or indifferent you do and and you know we talked about this with morgan a little bit and she said maybe it's not that i was a girl it's just that I was around all the males that could have, you know, and you just worry. I did. I let Cliff do more things than I let Morgan do probably at a certain age. And she reminds me of that. Oh, she reminds all of us. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you would have never let me do that one. My, you know, my older sisters do the exact same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Yep. It's true. So, so. And I did. I worried about her more. I had more of a worry. I didn't worry about him. I think it's more of a physical worry Mm -hmm. more than a, you know, that she's going to do the wrong thing worry. That like harm would happen. Right. Greater chance of harm happening to her from someone else. Right. From someone else. She's a very petite person too. Yeah. Even though she's a black belt in karate, so she can handle it herself. But, um, (laughs) but I don't think it was real as much of a, she was a girl, he was a boy. It's their temperaments that were that are so different. It's their personalities that were different. Mm-hmm. It's their friend groups that were different. Um, I would let Cliff maybe do something different at prom than I did her because of the friends I knew he was with and the friends I knew she was with. It was different, you mm-hmm. know. And so it, it, a lot of it was personality-based, yeah. short of the physical worry. It yeah. was a the personality difference between the two kids. Did yeah. you guys have to shift your parenting technique, though, when— when yes. Cliff was growing up into the yeah, teenage years, you know your punishment for children is um, go to your room. That you know to hear the story. Well, you don't. You wouldn't punish Morgan to send her to her room. That's where she wanted to be, right? You made her be with us. Now, Cliff, you would send him to his room because he wanted to be with people. So, so that's kind of kind of funny. You know, it's it's a it's a different personality. Mm-hmm. So you know their punishments are different, or the things. The things you'd say, well, you can't do that because you did this kind of thing, were totally different between the two. Yeah. And I'll say with Morgan, she again, it was a physical thing. So as a father, 
both our kids were in sports, but I, I wanted to get Morgan involved with some type of self-defense. And as Sally said a minute ago, she's black belt in karate. So we started her in karate when she was six, as we started Cliffy when he was drumming at six. And Morgan loved the karate. And I go, why do you like karate so much? She goes, because I get to hit boys, Dad. So, <laughs> and she just loved that. She just loved it. She went all the way to secondary black belt. But I was encouraged by her that she was able to protect herself because it was a discipline of protection. And I reminded her that that very sad day as a parent when you set your daughter free when she went to college in Berkeley. And I reminded her several times that day, two things. Number one, you're a black belt karate and you can use it when you need to use it. It gave me self-assurance. I'm sure it gave her self-assurance. And number two, when somebody gives you a drink, it comes from the bartender's hand and nobody else's. Mm. So there's two things of fear, but I think it just helped give her confidence and me confidence that things are going to be okay. But parenting differently, I mean, I think it's more personalities. I mean, if if Cliffy and Morgan were switched, um, I still would. We still have to raise them, whether they're two boys or two girls. Just knowing your your kid and what their hotspots are, what are the things that they are looking for and need of, and they don't always physically tell you, but you kind of tell what the things that they're into. You know, yeah. and again, asking them questions and why do you like this or why do you, why don't you like that, um, and they were pretty open. For the most part, I mean, we still had to do some digging, but I, I just think the personalities is, is the male, 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 or two girls, whatever you have, or even just one, one um, student. It's getting to know the inside the best yeah. you can. That's a, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, well said. That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's super good. So, um, as parents, then what? Would you do exactly the same during the teenage years? In terms like if, of parenting. In terms of parenting, if you ended up having, you know, another child and they went through the teenage years, what would you do the exact same that you did with Morgan and I? Well, communication, as Cliff has mentioned so many times, communication, discussions, and then not not being too terribly strict, like not not making hard and fast rules, being fluid. Because things change and that kind of thing. Another thing people always have said to me, because my kids are always involved in worship team and have been, and have pretty much as adults stayed involved in churches because a lot of people want to know about that. When they were in high school, probably when they started high school, Cliff and I no longer made them go to church. It had to be their choice because it's not about us. It's about them Mm -hmm. and their relationship. So, and I think that is something we would still do today. If we had another child, we would say, okay, you have been raised this way, but now it is time for you to make your decision. And there's going to be times when they're saying, I'm not going. Okay, fine. You're not going. I'm not going there with you. And I I just think you got to make them, they've got to learn to make their own choices. And you got to start somewhere. Yeah, own it for themselves. Right. So my my view there is to um, always be involved. I coach both my kids in soccer and uh, baseball and I would I just love that and the years and some years I was coaching them both in the same time which was a big uh, I mean Monday through Thursday you had a practice and then you had two games on Saturday and and I, my job is I was a commission salesperson so when I'm not selling I'm not making money so it was a, it was a challenge for me to be the breadwinner plus be entertaining <laughs> and working with my kids and there were some years that I didn't coach them and they got a lousy coach and they would say dad how come you didn't coach me? Well, that was like the biggest compliment I could get. So I always wanted to <laughs> teach them. And then when they got into high school, I had to give them up to the high school coaches. So it's just like, you gotta be, you gotta be there for them, but sometimes you gotta let them go too. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I totally get that. And <laughs> can I, can I answer this question? Is that <laughs> okay? The question oh, of. Yeah. Yeah. Like asking what, what did you think they did? Yeah. Did well. Did well. In yeah. Parenting you. Yeah. Oh, I think I'd that's love wonderful. to hear this. Yeah. Um, 
So I actually didn't really think about this question until, and then I had some pop in my head. I think what was really great with what you guys did um, is, well, we we spent time together as a family. One of my favorite things we used to do is we used to go to San Francisco um, around the holidays and spend like a weekend there, and that was one of my favorite favorite things we did because first of all, my whole family loves the city. We love San Francisco and. Um, and it was just cool to like go and spend time outside of our home, but actually as a family, just the four of us going to dinner, going shopping and just hanging out. And I think, I think that's something that even as you're listening to this podcast, like think about things that you can do as a family. That's not a big deal. Like what are those day trips that you can go take? Because I think, um, I was more reluctant to listen to my parents and talk with them when I spent more time with them. And I think a lot of times you don't have much time during the week because of sports and your own work schedule and everything like that. But if you take a weekend and you go to the Bay Area or you go to Tahoe or you go to Apple Hill because it's Apple Hill season, you know, like what what can you do um, to really spend time with your kids? Because um, w- when push comes to shove and they come home and do what I did with what my mom was talking about, how I just walked off. I didn't know how to communicate. Well, if you spend more time hanging out with them, they'll learn how to communicate with you because they know you're you're a safe safe place, and a safe person to talk to. So I think that would be one thing that um, I think you guys did really well. It's just Thank kind you. of, um, you know, getting to a point where you hung out with your kids rather than really parenting them. Yeah, because you're not friends. You're your parent. You're their parent. But also, parents can have fun. Mm-hmm. I know when I was when I was a younger kid, um, my dad and I would always play swords. And we did. He down the hall I felt, chasing each other. Yep. And I felt Breaking so bad things. because all I would do <laughs> Yes. And There's all the I, mom perspective. Right exactly. There. And all I would do is I would just I would just whack my dad in the in the knuckles. I wouldn't I wouldn't even hit his sword. I would just whack him right in the in the knuckles. You remember that? I still have a scar. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was fun. You what know? was the and word we'd say when you run down the hill? Uh on guard. Charge. Oh, charge. That's right. <laughs> that was it. That was good. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh it's really encouraging just to you know, like like I'm sure it's encouraging for all three of you, but it's always encouraging for all parents to just be reminded of, you know, families are made to spend time together. It's easier Absolutely. when they're when they're younger. Yeah. When they're littler kids, parents go, that part's easier. Right. But then it's trying to learn and morph into that as they continue to grow into teenagers. And that's what, you know, both of you have been sharing as well as Pastor Cliff has been sharing and and that's rich because that's the that's the learning stage in, with parents. Um, like when you guys mentioned earlier about you wish you could get like a teen like trial, right? You know, trial and, teen. And, and what went to my mind automatically is how they used to do in the home, in home ec, right? The like the baby, and oh, I'm like, right. how funny Those would it be the if they gave you like a middle school. <laughs> doll and they were like yeah. and it's going to talk back to you and then it's going <laughs> to start vaping and then <laughs> what do you you're and not, then and, it's going to cry for no apparent reason you know yeah. but like At the worst time yeah but again just like that that it's a whole nother learning stage of parenting and that's why it's been really valuable and a blessing for you guys to to come in and share a little bit about that perspective with cliff because cliff is working with you know, over 120 high school students, right. you it's know, crazy. on a regular basis, plus leaders. And, um, and we've been blessed and, and we're proud of having Cliff be the high school pastor here at Bridgeway. He is, he has filled a role and made that ministry into something awesome. And you are a part of that. 
you thank as you. his parents. And so so we say thank you. You know, it's a great chance to say we don't get to do that often enough to go to yeah. different leaders in our church's parents and go, hey, can we thank you <laughs> um, for your role and, and, and you're surrendering him to the Lord on a constant basis. And so, Well, as a parent, you want to see your kids grow up and, and be happy. And he's found his spot. I mean, he is definitely, he was born for this, blessed with this. And, and yesterday was his birthday and they had this great video of some of the kids saying, why do they love, you know, I'm going to say Cliffy, Pastor Cliff. <laughs> and um, the, the heartfelt things these students said about him were just absolutely wonderful, which tells you that he's definitely doing God's work and he's in the right place. And, um, if your kid's not in, in HSM, you need to get them in HSM. Amen. Amen. Sure. Man, but you know, shameless the, plug right there. Yeah, Thanks, Dad. That's Dad. <laughs> um, the thing, it all kind of comes around, though. It reminds me of yesterday. We got to spend time, and Morgan was here um, and her boyfriend, and it was nice. Because what goes around comes around, and now that they're adults, and we don't have to really parent them anymore. They ask for advice on occasion, but we don't have to parent them anymore. We can be their friends, and we can hang out, and they are really cool to be with. And we really love that. Amen. And, you know, and so it does, it does get better. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder in those years, but it does get better. There are some dark nights when you lay awake on. Oh, yeah. What do we do? What could we have done better? And you got to have the faith. Not gotta, losing your temper. That's the toughest thing. That was thing. tough for me. I didn't think of that one before, but that, that can be tough because you want to lose your temper and you really can't because that doesn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't help. It's good. Well, hey, thanks again, um, Cliff, Sally, for being here. And uh, Cliff, thank you for having such awesome parents. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you've done well. I know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I've just really tried all my years. So. And uh, and we just want to thank everyone um, for listening. And just again, reminder that like, you know, as a ministry, as a church, we're here to partner with you as Absolutely. parents. Um, you know, we know that um, there's times that are super hard. We know that there are times that are super amazing. And so um, we hope these times continue to bless you and inform you. And we look forward to having you listen in on some of the other podcasts that we'll have coming up in the future and so we'll talk to you soon if you ever have things that you would like for us to address you can email pastor cliff at cliffy at bridgeway.church no that's not right new email c woodward at bridgeway.church or um pastor matt at mbach b-a-c-h at bridgeway.church and we'll talk to you soon thanks for having us it's fun yeah it was great hopefully it's helpful thanks amen Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.